This is Behold, a VBC podcast. Our goal is to examine biblical truth that will better equip you to behold the glory of the Lord more fully in your daily life. I'm your host this week, and I'm joined by Dan Gillette and Jason Moog. Each of us serve in different roles as pastors at Valley Bible Church. And without further ado, here is the Behold podcast. All right, welcome to episode four of the Behold podcast. Sean here, and we have Dan as well. And Dan, tell them who else we have. First time on the podcast, Jason Moog. Everybody give it up. The one and only. That's right. Mm. So, so Jason, uh, for, for those that don't know what's going on with the Moog family, yeah. why don't you give us a quick update on how you guys are doing during this strange and unusual time? Yeah, absolutely. I think... I'd like to say, you, you should check it with Natalie and Autumn, but I'd like to say that we as a trio are doing really well. They, they, I think them better than I. They're quicker to adapt, and they, they're, they're probably the most content people. I, I know. They're so, they'll, they'll, in the moment, they'll just, this is where it is. This is what we'll adapt to. And so I learn a lot from them on that. Uh, and then I, I adjust my schedule, and I kind of found a flow now, and yeah, I think we're doing well. Uh, I it's funny. I asked um, Natalie. We every day we've been thinking like, how, hey, what's one thing we can appreciate about this new kind of this life we're living now? And it's been pretty like more deep things that we've been sharing. And then today it was yeah, sorry, yesterday I said, hey, what's something new? And she's like, well, I'm really I'm really grateful that I don't you don't I don't have to fluff anymore the pants. And I'm like, fluff the pants. And she said, you're not fluffing your pants. And I'm like, what's fluffing your pants? And she uh, she reminded me I throw my pants in the dryer every morning. That's and really it, funny. Apparently that bugs her to get that, the wrinkles out. You get the wrinkles out. You throw it in something wet. I've been there, <laughs> yeah. dude. And I guess I guess I learned that where I moved the other laundry to has kind of irked her for all these years. And she's all just these been years, suffering silently. That's right. Yeah, by my fluffing. <laughs> and I don't. I apparently I haven't been fluffing when we were on the during this time period. So, yeah, fifteen years working on fifteen years, and I just learned. I'm a fluffer. You're going to have to find a new way yeah. to get them wrinkles out when That's this right. whole thing's That's over. Right. You little pant fluffer, you. <laughs> no, but but in all honesty, we're doing, we're, I think we're doing really well um, and dialoguing about things that matter most. So, yeah. That's great. Awesome. Speaking of which, man, what a powerful week we just had, huh? Wow. Um, Easter week, obviously, for a lot of us, looked pretty different than what we might have envisioned a few months ago. Um, but man, personally, I was so encouraged and um, just saw God move in a lot of really cool ways during that week. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of curious, just as you guys went through Easter week, and you know, I know you guys helped out with the Monday Thursday service, and then we had Good Friday and yep. Easter Sunday. So throughout those things, as you were um, virtually attending or recording or worshiping in those services, um, just what were some impactful moments for you, and how did God um, just kind of speak to you throughout the last week? Yeah, just a couple of things. I mean, there's so much to unpack, and there's so there's so many different roads we could take that would be encouraging and it would help us behold Jesus. But before we get into that, I just want to say, and I'm going to embarrass Sean a little bit here. Uh-oh. Sean and Patty um, and their uh, their cohort, uh, Christian Derekito, just did an amazing job this week. There, I don't know if you guys realize how much of a grind it was for them this week, just with filming and editing and setting everything up. And, and I got to witness it firsthand and, and Sean, 
just really grateful for the hours that you and your wife put in and wanted to um, thank you and Christian. And, and it was a, it was a real gift that you guys gave to our church family with all the services. And, and I just want to thank you for that. And how are you doing? Are you, <laughs> are you totally fried or are you, have you recovered yet? <laughs> I just gave, side note, I just gave a standing ovation. You didn't look over here, but. While, oh man. While, I did, while see you, did you see it, Sean? I didn't clap Those loud. Those of you listening, you can't see it. I could, I could watch it on Zoom though. Jason stood up and clapped, so. Standing You're not ovation. supposed to clap in these I know, I, did, I, 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 I gentle clapped. <laughs> Golf clap. Golf clap, yeah. Uh, you're too kind, uh, Dan, um, and I will happily oop all of that to Christian and Patty because they definitely did the heavy lifting. But yeah, last week was just a, a, a busy, busy week. You know, there's a lot of aspects that were new for us at Valley Bible Church trying to do online Easter services. So you're right, definitely was a grind, um, but a blessed one and definitely an encouraging one for sure. Yesterday... I definitely felt like I had been hit by the Easter truck a little bit. And then this morning, it felt like I was like rising from the tomb nice. a little bit. So that's great. Don't, that's blasphemy. Don't quote me. No, that. no, I love it. I love it. I, well, one of, the, one of my favorite quotes from Charlie's message on Sunday was that Jesus' victory is our victory. And that's what gives us hope for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And so that, that was a great little kindness of the Lord to, to see that, uh, that he, you're, you've recovered. Can I tell a funny anecdote? Yeah. This is from from all so we did we did a lot of a lot of production and shooting last week and uh, for the sunrise service we were out um, on this beautiful hillside location if you haven't had a chance to watch that service it I encourage you to go check it out bbc.online but um, Tim was there sharing he he led us all in a prayer and and just gave some some really inspirational thoughts just about the resurrection and and he was uh, he was talking uh, and and he went through the 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 whole thing it was so powerful and we're all just listening and totally just uh, worshiping along with him and we we're like okay that's great like that was a, he did it in one take awesome but then <laughs> Patty Patty was like hey uh, Tim that that was great um, but. Do you want to do another one where you where you don't say Christmas morning and you oh, say no. Easter morning? <laughs> so he had said like some kind of statement about it being Christmas morning. He was like he was like he is risen. He is risen indeed. That is an ancient tradition that we say on Christmas morning. <laughs> and Patty was like, uh, no, we well, don't. No, no. The funny part about it is because there was probably a dozen of us there, no one like part it. part of the team, and. No, we were, none of us would have, if it wasn't for Patty, that blooper would have ended up on like the main thing. on the main thing. Wow. And <laughs> yeah, no one caught those it. embarrassing, no like yeah. overdubs. So, like, we, yeah, it's something we say on Easter morning. Yeah. <laughs> we gave Tim a, a sufficient ribbing for that. It was that's it was, why he was wearing was his good, red jacket. It was really funny, dude. Oh, yeah. The, the best <laughs> thing about that is that earlier that week we were recording Good Friday's worship service. And while we were filming that, I had this freak out moment. And I paused and looked around. I was like, oh my gosh, we did not film any candle lighting, any Advent candle lighting thing. <laughs> Which is also a Christmas also thing. Also a Christmas thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. It just it speaks to how, how crazy our, the grind, uh, the grind the it was grind for us. But, been, yeah. but yes, super cool. I mean, because I never would have imagined in a million years that Easter would be, would be online, that Holy Week would be done online. But God in his kindness and in his sovereignty – ordain this this whole thing to happen and his ways are higher than our ways and and it it really in a lot of ways was just a really special easter week 
So yeah, let's uh maybe we should get into some of the specific things from from scripture from from the services that that really were impactful for us. Jason, I don't know yeah. if you want to jump in. Yeah, I I mean I was just I I'm a well, I love your Easter weekend, but Good Friday for me. Um maybe back in I don't remember now. Years ago, I I listened I was a part of a Good Friday service that asked us to think about the personal side of the cross. And I had not it's one I, for me Good Friday's up to that point had always been surrounded by a time when we as Christians, at least in my Christian faith and how I was discipled, that we would stop on Good Fridays and take a look at the suffering that took place, number one. Number two, the love that motivated it, that he would go to the cross. Why, why was he so motivated? And the ramifications that then flowed from the cross and how it impl- impacts us. And so, but it was highly focused on the, the crucifixion of Christ, right? Like Jesus crucified. And they asked us to stop and look at, at Galatians 2.20, and I'll read it right now. That's where Paul says, I have been crucified with Christ. And so in, in essence, those that claim to be followers of Jesus and trust him, we have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ now lives in me. And the life that I now live in this body, this flesh, I live now by faith. In the, and then here's where it gets even more personal. In the Son of God who loved me and who gave himself up for me. And so, man, I just remember that being so remarkable and astounding for me to them to ask, hey, let's stop and let's honor Christ's death, but also honor the version of Jason Moog or the version of D'Angelette that that died, that was crucified on that cross then too. So powerful. Yeah. Gary did a great job of really talking about something that is is just a mind blowing concept of of Jesus becoming a curse for for us, mm-hmm. and just the depths of His love for us that compelled Him to do that. It just it just was so poignant and and so such just so worshipful, and it really it really led us to a spot where we could just remember through taking the Lord's Supper and worship and respond and reflect. With music and singing, and it was yeah. just a powerful, powerful time. Yeah, yeah. So that I, I, I think that's a, um, that's something I invite all Christians to do now is to think through the. There's a version of ourselves that, apart from Christ, apart from being adopted in the family of God, that would function as self-appointed rulers of our own lives, and that version was was crucified with Christ. So grateful. Hmm. Hmm. That's good. Yeah, the 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 personal side of the cross, and really, um, last week I was thinking a lot about just the personal side of uh, our understanding and our relationship with Jesus and what that looks like. Yeah. You know, as on Easter morning, when Charlie was reading through Luke twenty four and the account of Jesus resurrecting and then presenting himself to people. Um, it was just interesting that just the wording was interesting to me. It made me think about just what we just said, that that the personal side of of knowing him and our experience with him. Um, because, you know, when Jesus appears to his disciples, you know, at first they're freaking out and he tells peace, he tells them peace to you and why are you troubled? Right. Um, but then in verse 39, he says, see my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. 
And it reminded me of, you know, Jason and Dan, you with me have been going through and the rest of staff, um, first John one recently. And that really speaks to just how important that touching and seeing and, and experiencing Jesus in our life is for us to be able to then take that and proclaim it and live transformed lives and all those things. Um, you know, the, the disciples were able to, in that moment, obviously touch and see him in person. But for us, we're able to do that in a lot of other ways. Jesus presents himself to us in so many ways that are just as tangible, if not physically right now. Um, so yeah, the personal side of Easter, really good. Yeah, I love, man, I love that whole account of Jesus encountering the disciples on the road to Emmaus. I mean, there's just, there's so much depth there and, and just beauty and, and interesting things to, to look at. Maybe maybe we could kick that around a little bit in um, in Luke 24. Jason, what, what, what were some of the things that struck you from, from that account of Jesus uh, and the disciples on the road to Emmaus? Yeah, well, well one, one thing is, was neat. I, I taught this. I was looking a couple years back. I taught this at our Easter. So that same section that Charlie was taught, teaching on hmm. was my passage that I taught through. And so, you know, you think when you, when you do it, you just, the amount of hours you're spending into immersing yourself into that text, you're learning a lot of the, the main nuggets. But yet then I'm listening to Charlie and, and hearing new or renewed things. And so that that concept alone, where we have to share what we're learning with each other, because we're always learning, um, that that was um, impactful for me. But another thing is the fact that he chose to keep their eyes closed. You know, I'd love to think think through that. And then he is the opener of the eyes. So I just think about even now when we share the the, our, the gospel with people, no matter how eloquent or how much knowledge we have, it really takes the work of God to open up the eyes of someone. And we should be praying alongside of that when we're also sharing our faith with people. Yeah, that was one of the things I wrote down too. Is it? it, it it's it's amazing that you know the, these these guys would have known how the prophets, uh, you know, had had proclaimed all of these things that Jesus was 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 doing and fulfilling. Mm-hmm. Jesus Himself foreshadowed His death to them directly on a number of accounts. But still, they, they didn't understand this, this reality. And it wasn't until after they, they took the bread and their eyes were opened and that they realized that there was this burning in their heart and that they finally understood. And, and even we're going to, if you read on and you see in Acts, when the Holy Spirit comes at Pentecost, they, they understand to, to a, a deeper, fuller degree. And I was just thinking, man, what, what role was the Holy Spirit playing in, in all of that as as Jesus was was walking with them on that road and and what role does the Holy Spirit play in us? And Charlie said something really cool is he the Holy Spirit holds up Jesus so that we can see him as he truly is. So we can see him as beautiful and glorious and powerful and humble and victorious. And the Holy Spirit is working inside of us in that same way to help us see Jesus, who really reveals the true nature of, of God. And man, that's such a great, powerful reminder to to partner with the Holy Spirit, to keep in step with Him so that we, we don't have our hearts 
blocked and veiled and blinded. Right. And, and still expect him to do the same thing today. He, in us, yeah. He, yeah, he opens up or explains things in ways that we would never understand. Absolutely. Yeah, then he opened their minds to understand the scriptures. Yeah, it is so cool that that same process the Holy Spirit will do for us now. Yeah. I was, re- I was reading yesterday on the note, some notes on this and uh, or at, on Sunday and just that word in the Greek for it to, he explained it to them. It, he, they use it twice. It, it, it means to interpret. It says here and to open up that he, they, he uses it once with them and then they use it later when they say he expound, he, he opened up, he interpreted, he explained. And it's the word that the Greeks would use at the time in that culture to talk about interpreting a foreign language. So That's cool. we can't understand these things without him opening up. So in thinking in thinking through how would I now think through Galatians two twenty and make it make that Christ's death and my that version of me that died a personal experience I I wrote out and I read it every year um, this little list and I put can I read it to you guys I want to read it to you guys yeah yeah this just says everything about me that was an offense to God prior to being redeemed prior to being adopted and justified. So that means every thought, every bit of wickedness about Jason Moog, every stumble, every sexual impurity, all of my shame and guilt and all that I placed my hope in outside of God, all the things I would place my hope in that aren't God, all my lack of purpose, every void of meaning, every ungodly insecurity, trace of anger, every single ounce of hypocrisy and inconsistency, every petty ounce of pride, every vile act, every lie, every rooted fear every broken promise that I would make, every selfish act, every single sin that was an offense to a holy triune God, all that separated me from him was crucified on that cross with him. And so all that made Jason Moog an enemy of God was poured out on him and was absorbed completely by him and died. And so I no longer, I'm no longer under God's wrath. I have that underlined. I have I am under now his grace. I have that double underlined and my debt has been paid in full. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in 2020 when I'm reading this again, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. And so part of my celebration on Good Friday is not just celebrating the fact that Christ died on the cross um but that also he he killed that version of me. So I read that every year, and I think through that every year and kind of write out some of the stuff, and that makes it just, well, it centers me in a way that I, I think wouldn't if I didn't write it out. And so I would, yeah. I would encourage people at home to kind of write something like that out and for themselves and read through it. That's powerful. Yeah, so good. And it reminds me of Galatians 5, you know, of that, like, walking in the Spirit. Uh-huh. Yeah. And kind of that same just, like, picturing you know, dead life versus life now, um, you know, of, of those, that description of what life before Christ would have been like, Yeah, you know, with the divisions and drunkenness and envy and all those things. Um, but now we know because our minds have been opened to the scriptures that the fruit of the spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness. And, um, yeah, it's just encouraging that, we have been enlightened in that way to know that, man, that's how we can be living now. And we've been enabled by the Spirit now to be living that way um, with that contrast in mind. Um, and so, yeah, like you said, Jason, I think remembering that, remembering our own redemptive history mm-hmm. 
and what would have been or could have been. Um, it's just so powerful in building gratitude to God in that way. Yeah. And there's something neat to coming to a mon- uh, uh, Good Friday service, thinking in some ways of celebrating your own funeral, the version of you. That, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. And and just even to to put a finer point on it, Paul in Romans 8, verse 11, he writes about that the, the resurrection power that, that brought Jesus back to life is at work in us. And uh, he, he puts it like this in, in verse 11. It says, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the d- dead dwells in you, if that's true, he who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who dwells in you. And what I love about that is sometimes we we downplay the impact and the work and the influence of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Sometimes we we don't stay in step with him. We don't partner with him and we <laughs> We, we can kind of get to a point where we don't experience that resurrection power in our lives in this way. And I love how Paul puts it here that he, he's talking about our, our, our mortal bodies, that there's a, there's a physical element to this, this resurrection that we, this resurrection power that we experience. And certainly it starts in our inner man and it works its way out. But I, I'm just, I've just been thinking about, man, we have so many people in our church who are on the front lines, that they're in the medical field, they're first responders, or they're part of essential work, and you're, you're feeling so run down, and you're so just like, like we talked earlier about, you're experiencing the, the, the grind and the effects of this pandemic in a very physical way, and Jesus' power working in us through the Holy Spirit will give life to us, will energize us, will will help us to behold Jesus and see him for who he truly who he truly is. And that that impacts the way we live. But we have to we have to stay in step with him. And so I, I was just thinking about that, especially you know, since we're we're gonna be getting back into Romans uh this week. I agree, agree one hundred percent. And that and I love that you use the phrase resurrection power. Uh we were up at a conference not too long ago, and the speaker asked us to stop and think through that phrase, resurrection power, as being like, what, do we, what is Jesus saying here? And, and when, we, when, we, when he claims he has the power to resurrect that which is dead, which seems like part of God's job description, that shouldn't that be, an, if he's all-powerful, almighty God, he should, and he's the giver of life and sustainer of life, to bring things back to life or to create something out of nothing— uh, should be part of who he is, and we should be astounded at that to some degree. But it's the reason why. Like, what's he asks us to think through? He has resurrection power. Therefore, he's proclaiming himself to be uh, the Lord over all that is dead. That includes your heart, your spiritual heart that needs to come alive. He's the one that can bring that back to life. And then once you, that has come to life, and you through faith by grace, you've been adopted into the family of God. Then we still are recipients in, of this resurrection power. He's constantly bringing things to life that which was would have been dead. Even that's like considered hope. You know, we lost hope. That's what you're saying, Dan. That we we those of us that are discouraged, those of need energy, um, those of us have lost purpose. And so I just I just think that's that's what he's saying is I have 
power over all that could die, not your that or that is dead, your spiritual hearts, but also all that would be that is dying in you or you feel ha- you feel has died, you know. And he is the one that brings that to life. And so I, that's just really a powerful statement. You know, I think of John 11, where he says, I am the resurrection and the life. You guys remember what we were up at the Gospel Coalition when Don Carson talked about I am the resurrection compared to, remember Colonel Sanders? Oh, you, yeah. You wait, wait, wait. What was it? I do, I do remember. Give me a hint. Yeah, so he, do you remember, Sean? He, he was, D.A. Carson was talking about, what does it mean in John 11, 23 through 26 when Jesus says I'm the re- oh, I oh, am yeah, the resurrection yeah, yeah. It's and the like, life. It's like you can't separate KFC from the colonel. Right, right. You know, like they're they're one and the same. Like there's you, there's such there's such a a unity in in their meaning and identity and all that that so it's like that too with like resurrection and life and Jesus. You can't separate. You them. can't separate. Yeah, yeah, so when he says when she's like concerned like hey are you, I know someday my brother is going to be. He's talking, she's talking about Lazarus is going to be raised again in the future, and he's like, "No, no, no! You're, I don't think you understand who you're talking to. I am resurrection life. I, I am the author, and the I, I have jurisdiction over life. I have power over death. The ability for something to resurrect and come into existence is so cl- closely linked to me. It's I mean, it's like Colonel Sanders saying, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, am I am KFC. I am KFC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's good. Uh, it's funny. And so." Um, it's just not what it's not what only what Jesus did. It's who He is. The resurrection is not an event. We we see it as a person, and and God and Jesus specializes in, in resurrecting that which is dead. Not only our dead spiritual hearts being re- regenerated, but all in our lives. And so maybe if those listeners today would be thinking some of the areas in your life where you feel like you just feel like it's like Dan was saying, like it's dead, or I've lost some hope or joy or. Um, whatever you know that we would stop and get on your knees and ask Jesus, who is specializes in resurrecting that which is dead, to do that in your heart. Yeah. Hmm. There's a song that I as playing on repeat right now in in the Gillette House, and it's called it's called Graves into Gardens, and there's the the bridge just says um, these these statements about about what what Jesus does. It says, "You turn mourning into dancing." You give beauty for ashes. Mm. You turn shame into glory. You turn graves into gardens. You turn bones into armies. You turn seas into highways. You're the only one who can. And man, that if if you're looking for a new song just to to help you worship and get through this season, go check out that song Graves into Gardens by Elevation Worship. It's it's fire. Mm. Mm, it's good. Um, yeah, man, both of you, so good. And to all you listeners out there, um, this reminded me of a verse in Ephesians. And I'm going to read it to you as you listen, as a prayer over you, because this is really our prayer for everyone listening and ultimately should be all of our prayers for everybody around us who knows us and witnesses us and gets to see how God has transformed our lives. This is from Ephesians 1.19, and this is my prayer for you guys. I pray that you will begin to understand how incredibly great his power is to help those who believe him. It is that same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in heaven. Mm. Amen. That's I'll good. give a hearty amen yeah, to amen. that. That's good. Amen. It's good. Well, 
you know the the series kind of the angle that we we took on it this this year with Easter it was was looking at are the events that happened over two thousand years ago during Easter week are those things myth or or reality and I love I love what what Charlie had to say about some of the some of the things that are written down in the account of the resurrection that if you were making up a myth- mythology if you were making up a story about a resurrection you wouldn't include those things do you guys remember what some of those things are and 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 why do you think that how do you think that helps us in our confidence that that this these things really happened you know, what's funny is as I've been thinking about this, um, this last week or so unrelated. And then it kind of came together on Easter when Charlie was speaking, you know, Patty and I have been watching a good amount of television, like many during this season. No, it's right? just you. You're the, everyone mm-hmm. else is, is making things and being creative <laughs> I'm, I'm and the reading weirdo. books. Just kidding. So I'm watching, uh, you know, a couple Marvel movies, uh-huh. uh, a couple TV shows. And it's just funny. Some of the situations that come up and I sit there thinking to myself, this would never happen. This is you know, outrageous. Like this, this, this there's like a hundred yeah. guys trying to get this one guy and he somehow escapes and yada, yada, yada. I'm like, this would never happen. He'd be dead or whatever. They would catch him or all these different things. And there's like a hundred of those moments in this guy's like little storyline. And it's just funny how when you're, when you're creating a fictional story that you want to be impressive, there's just so many of those like crazy impressive <laughs> moments that like, Otherwise, there wouldn't be a movie about him, right? He wouldn't be a superhero movie kind of thing. But then, like you were saying, Dan, when Charlie was speaking, it's just so interesting um, as we're reading through Luke 24, how you know Luke doesn't have to do that with the gospel. You know, the, the, he doesn't have to try and embellish the truth or inflate it with things that are meant to impress listeners. You know, like one example um, was the fact that Jesus first presented himself to a group of ladies. Which in the cultural context, it's like, why would you do that? If you're trying to build this like odyssey of the amazing resurrection of Christ as a mythical account, you'd have him like flash in a bolt of lightning before a hundred men in high positions of power. Right. And that's how it would go, right? right? But God doesn't try to meet our criteria of what makes for a good story. Right. Yeah, Charlie, Charlie was talking about, man, wouldn't it be so satisfying from a human standpoint if he... Uh, appeared to to Pontius Pilate or to Herod right. or to the the religious leaders of the day, you know, the people that that we we want to see justice. And he didn't. And he 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 first showed his resurrected self to some people in in society at that time who who were were marginalized, some people who who didn't have a lot of clout. And it's just another evidence of Jesus being a different kind of king. And to me that's one of the themes that all throughout this Easter series is that is that Jesus is he's not what you expect. <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't come in like a superhero and just overthrow the government and take out all the bad guys and he's 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 doing something uh a different way. He's he's got eternal things at at stake that he is he's working in the spiritual realms and it the, the the account of the resurrection is is just such a an amazing evidence of of that. Yeah, and even with even what he speaks, what it speaks to of his respect for women, you know, I mean, he's he's flipping up the you said marginalized, and that that was one of the gr- the groups marginalized right. is women, and 
that's who he appears to. And one of the, I don't know if Charlie mentioned it, but it's it's he might have, but it's one of the reasons why you wouldn't write that into the the script if you were making this up was that women's testimonies weren't held up in court. In the court of law, yeah. So as witnesses, you would have put, if you're going to write this and you want it to, or even this is some kind of conspiracy, you would you would have men be the people that first witnessed him for just legal, from a legal standpoint. So just what it speaks to his respect of women, the, um, those that are marginalized, that uh, children, Christianity changed every, it changes it all. Yeah, um, yeah. The Jesus way is different, and if you're going to follow him, you better get used to get used to different. And that that is, yeah, it's powerful, and and it kind of rocks our world a little bit. Yeah, and just to wrap up, um, you know, discussing the historical accuracy of Easter, I learned some facts on Sunday, some really impressive ones. Dave, maybe you can quote some of them. Well, I think the I think the best. The best quote of the whole week was when Charlie was talking about the resurrected Christ not being a disembodied spirit, that he was actually physical flesh and bones, and he, uh, he, he ate with the disciples. And I think Charlie said a great, a great quote that is for the ages, and I quote, ghosts don't eat fish. <laughs> and I will take that. I will take that with me to the grave. And to eternity. I mean, that was so good. And it's silly. We can laugh about it. But but there are so many details in the resurrection account that that really do prove that it is uh, it is a historical narrative. It's not it's not some myth. It's not some story. It's not a fable. It is witnesses telling us what they experienced yeah. in a very physical way. And in the culture of the time, they believe that go, that spirit, in the spirit realm, you don't eat. And so that was him saying, hey, I do eat. Yeah. I wonder, did Charlie, did he mean to say go, ghosts don't eat food and they're showing that? Or did he write in his notes, ghosts don't eat fish? We should ask him later if those yeah. words were we actually in there. Or he was just going for it. They don't eat fish. <laughs> they don't eat fish. <laughs> they don't have sushi. But pork, and, they're on it. And you you made a meme, didn't you? I, I thought I thought a little meme went around. I did make which, a meme. Which contributed to, can we just take a moment to say the one positive thing is just the the, the COVID-19 memes are like off the charts, right? They're like... They're Dude, cool. we are going to need a meme hall of fame. It's like crushing it, yeah. It's yeah. crazy. It's uh, amazing. Good. Okay. Well, well, maybe now is a good time to get to uh, a listener question that was sent in this week. So let's go ahead and play that, and then we can kick that around a little bit. Hi, guys. This is Megan, and um, you guys have been talking a lot lately about uh, sharing the gospel and people being more open and receptive during this difficult time. Um and we've got such a wealth of information online with sermons, podcasts, uh, but where do you recommend to point people with their more challenging or difficult questions? Jason, you want to jump on that? Yeah, what a great question. Great question. I, I mean, before we even go to some resources, what I, what I, what we, we want to remember is just is to I like to think of the phrase not uh, of pointing ourselves to them with, alongside of them so um and i'm i'm sure that's that's the 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 kindest and keeping it relational is the kindest and uh, thing that we can do in terms of caring for someone and then also you know learning ourselves so where are we going to point ourselves and so a lot of times what if it's a if it's a broad question about christianity or something that that i think is just difficult in terms of i don't have the knowledge 
I like to go to something that like gotquestions.org. I think that's great. If you guys use that. Yeah, gotquestions.org is is great. And and even to even to do like you said to to do it alongside them and and maybe it's through a Zoom call or yeah. even if it's just via email or over the phone. But just to say Humility goes a long way. <laughs> Just to say, is if it, it is a hard question, right, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Let's find it out together. Let's it, l- let's read this. And together. also, I think like with that, man, we are relational beings. God made us that way. And folks, no one likes being just like handed off, you <laughs> yeah. know, yeah. like no one likes being just texted, oh, go ch- check out this website. But in- instead, if you, like you said, Jason, offer to walk alongside somebody and hey, like, like Dan, you said, hey, let's answer this question together. Like, thank goodness that that's how god treats us right 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 our relationship with him he's he it's 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 side by side we walk along with him in the spirit and i think we have a good opportunity to as we deal with some of those hard questions um display that same character yeah and i think i mean uh, that's my assumption also with, with what megan asked i think that's that she she's she's thinking through she's thinking like a shepherd even i don't know if she considers herself or thinks of herself as a shepherd but she's thinking shepherdly how can i best care for this person and so my assumption is she's saying you know where do i point them to but then continue the dialogue with them and so yeah that gotquestions.org is nice you know they have a history of answering questions and you know i haven't seen a question that 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 someone's asked me that's not on there that they write it in about a one to two page article and it's got scripture, lots of scripture to back it up. And so that she could read it. She could send it to the person and say, hey, why don't you read this? I'll read it too. Then we'll dialogue together. So um, you're learning as you go. Yeah. And there's, there's tons of, of resources out there. You know, you could even, you could even go and look at what, what are some of the, what are some of the biggest objections to Christianity or, or the toughest questions? For instance, you know, like it, this is just a, a classic example. Like if, if God is so good, how how come the world is so messed up? You know why is there pain and evil and sickness? And, and there, I mean, there's so many resources online that are that are just fantastic. We've mentioned this before on the podcast, but stand standtoreason.org is a great apologetics site where you can, they they just have a huge archive of articles and videos, and they're, it's searchable. So you could even just type the question in there or the the issue in the topic and look that way. But also. So grateful that we have some some great in-house kinds of stuff on on our website. Yeah. We David Grant, who is a part of our teaching team, and he's also a pretty awesome drummer. Shout out to David if he's listening. I miss whoop, drumming with whoop. you, dude. I miss playing with you. But uh, he just wrapped up a class on how do you how do you share the gospel with with Jehovah's Witnesses. And it's a two part class. Sean, where where on on VBC Online can they access that class? Where can they go? They can go to vbc.online slash behold because it'll be there for you. Oh, Dang, nice, in the nice. show notes. That, that's how easy we might like to make it for our <laughs> beholders out there. Yeah, Yeah. so so we've got a ton of great resources. And, and one of the things, and I, can, I think I can speak on behalf of, of all the, sta- the pastors on staff here at VBC. Man, we are, we, we're doing our best to reach out to you guys and to, to touch base over Zoom or email or call you. But but we are also just itching <laughs> to have conversations like this with you. So if you have a question and you need some resources like specifically about something that you know the person that you want to share with has, please call us up. All of our contact information is on the website. 
if you if you know somebody who's on staff here, call us up. Even if you don't know us, we're uh, pastors are standing by yes, to right. take your calls. <laughs> that's funny, that's funny. <laughs> we seriously, we love. I mean, we like live to talk about this kind of stuff, and yep. we've got a little bit more flexibility with our schedule these days. So, so call us up, take advantage, please. And we can even like like this week. I think a good example is I sent an I sent a got questions article to someone that had a question, and I said, "Why don't you read it? I'll read it too, then we'll talk." I sent a another um, resource that I hope that you have is thebibleproject.org. They those are mostly videos, and they've been adding more and more videos in response to questions. And so that's something if someone's not a reader and they're like you know they're more visual learner. You you say, hey, watch this video, I'll watch it too, then we'll discuss together. But then to tag what Dan is saying, one of the things you can do is say, you can Zoom with us as one of the pastors. We would love to, and sit, and you and the person can have a little, we can Zoom together, the three of us, and say, hey, we've watched this video, we've got questions about it, or we've read this article off of, you know, the Gospel Coalition site or uh, gotquestions.org, and we would like to talk to you more about it. And so that would like, be a great thing to do. Wonderful. Yeah, so that's great. Hopefully that answers your question well, Megan. Um, so we're, we're landing this plane here. We're going to be ending this podcast here pretty soon. Um, but we wanted to look ahead at what we're going to be looking at on Sunday, which is jumping back into our Roman series. Um, we're going to be in chapter 11, and we've been going through chapters 9 and 10 and really focusing on it and centering on this idea of the reliability of God. Um, and we left off talking about um, the beauty of the gospel, the beauty of Christ. And one thing in particular that's really stuck with me that I've been chewing on is just how God's beauty remains on display, regardless of how people receive that beauty. You know, his beauty and his reliability is untouched and unchanged, whether people will choose to hear it or not. Right. That's one little nugget to be kind of centering on and reminding yourself of as you prepare for Sunday. But... Uh, Jason and Dan, what are some other ways that people can just get their hearts and minds ready for Sunday? Yeah, well, I would I would recommend just doing a little review of chapters nine and ten, and just looking for some of the the key markers along the way. All of those sermons are online as well in our archives, and I would just encourage you to to get into that. It also remind you of what what church. What the church gatherings used to look like before all this, yeah. before this <laughs> pandemic, it might, it might encourage you a little bit, but but hop on there and we really dealt with some with some kind of tricky things in those chapters, in in a, in a really faithful, helpful way. So I would encourage you to to not only reread those passages, but maybe peruse the the message archives on on the web and and kind of get ready that way. So you, we can just launch right into chapter eleven. Yeah, and then and then another exercise you could do is it only takes a few minutes to read chapter eleven. Um, so to add a few more minutes to that devotional time for you is to take a piece of paper out and write down phrases in chapter eleven or themes that you see that pop out to you or questions you have. Because if you've thought through chapter eleven just a little bit, read it and wrote down a few questions, and then we're going to spend the next several weeks teaching chapter eleven. That will prepare your head and heart too. The, chapter eleven is also where we hit the the term being grafted in, um, that the Gentiles are grafted into God's promises and God's family. And I would encourage you to look, uh, Sean and Dan. I don't know if you guys have done this, but the, uh, the on a YouTube video or Google, just Google grafted in, and there's some really neat videos of how this process happens with a tree. 
I'm doing it right now. Yeah, they have <laughs> they have actually a tool. I thought they just used to cut one branch from one tree, cut another branch, put some neosporin, you know, put a bandaid around nice. it, and it you know it grows. But yeah. no, they have this unique tool that that cuts both sides of the branch in like a in a puzzle shape, and then it, it they they stick together. Anyway, you'll you'll watch it on the video. Even just the images, the Google images are pretty fascinating yeah. and cool. So watch that, and and that I think even because j- that's the picture that got that Paul's giving, Jesus is giving through through Paul, of us being um, brought into the family of God. And I think that'll make the whole experience richer over the next several weeks. Man, it's exciting. I'm ready. One thing on that really quick, just for all of you gardening grafters out there who are going to be shaking your heads at us, I want to acknowledge that those tools that pre-cut the shapes are not the best for grafting. (laughs) However, I think the right way is even better because I... I'm sure you grafters out it there will like say. It sounds like Sean knows. He's got some inside you knowledge. You got some inside knowledge. I just, I just, so I just watched this fascinating thing about grafting last everything. week. Anyways, so a, a good grafter will tell you, actually, the best way to graft to ensure success and healthy growth is with a really sharp grafting knife and with intentional fingers. You can do things you can never do with, with, that, with tool. that tool. But to me, that's even a, a more beautiful picture yeah, there you go. of what God in Christ does for us. He is the one holding that knife, making those moves. Yeah, Boom. it's right? great. I love, uh, it's been, it's been interesting for some people who have never, if if you've never heard of grafting, this is a weird conversation. But anyway, Google it. Sean, you should add that link in into this thing of the video, video you watched. <laughs> uh, okay, guys, on that note, we are going to sign off on this episode of the Behold Podcast. We hope that this has been an encouragement to you. We hope that this has been a blessing to you. And most importantly, um, our prayer is always that this will help you to behold the person and the beauty of Jesus Christ in your life. As a last charge, we pray that you will remember as we come out of Easter week heading into next week that Christ's victory is your victory. And through that, you can have hope for tomorrow. Any last chunks of wisdom, you guys? Just love you. Love you, Valley Bible. And proud of you. Yeah, all the great stories we're hearing. So proud to be a part of this faith family. Yeah, the, we're, we're hearing daily that, that the church is still being the church. Even though we can't meet together during the week and on Sundays, we are, we're, the mandates that we have to, to love one another, to carry the gospel with us out into the world, to expand the kingdom, to continue to grow in our faith— and be renewed day by day, all that stuff is, you guys are still doing that. And it is such a blessing to be part of of a faith family like this. I agree. Amen. All right, y'all. Love you. Thanks for listening. Catch you next week. Thank you for listening. Be sure to subscribe for future episodes of Behold. If you would like more information about Valley Bible Church, or if you'd like resources from this episode, go ahead and check out vbc.online forward slash behold. Catch you guys next week.